I, I have a problem with that. So, uh, <laughs> how I, are you, man? Did you like that opening? I, that was it. Yeah, that was very cool. I was, I got confused because, like, all of a sudden you start video before you do pre-show, which is like that is brilliant thinking because you get people excited, you give them some entertainment. It's like going to the movies and you get some trailers and things like that. I sh- uh, brilliant move. So um, I was, I couldn't stop watching it. So, <laughs> <laughs> man, I love your setup. I love the vibe that you got going on there. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm a. I'm a hippie, I guess. I don't know if it's hippie. It's or um, kind of arty. I don't know what the fuck my style is, but contemporary. It's, uh, it's contemporary. Well, yeah, it's got some, but it's also got it's also got some hippie back stuff, and it's cross cultural. And then I got a fake tree behind the, the TV. It is stuff. fake. It's fake. Oh, I'm not watering that. Plants die around me. The only thing I can keep alive is a jade plant because they, they, they succulents. They I can do succulents because you sleep them outside and they live. Yeah, this one's fake, but I get slack from people all the time. You have a fake, well, yeah, you also have in a dark corner there. That's a sad place to put a real plant, but a fake plant can handle it, I think. <laughs> so how you been, mate? You been all right? Yeah, I've been, uh, well, you know, uh, there was a pandemic. Um, that sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. It's been, it's been good. It's funny because, you know, uh, we all believe that like social media, we don't believe, but social media has a tendency to make us think that what we see is the life that we're looking at um, because we just get little, little uh, blips. And so for me, um, from my perspective during the pandemic, um, I was looking at all these of the voice actors doing really great. And, like they're working, they're working from home. And I'm like, good for you guys. Why am I taking an 80% hit? <laughs> uh, but then you start talking to people behind the, behind the scene, behind Instagram, when you meet yeah. them in person, like, yeah, it sucked for me too. And I'm like, well, they just share that. Make it make the other people who are being honest on Instagram feel feel better about it. So Well, I love your approach. You're very just easygoing, you know, trying to make people laugh as well. Oh yeah. Well, I, yeah, 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 I guess so. I mean I, I I do like to make people laugh, but I also have a I'm an oversharer and um and I wear my heart on my sleeve and it gets me into a lot of trouble because I do have political opinions and shit. Oh really? I, and I also, I don't like bullies. And when, so and you, uh, I talk a lot. So tell me to shut up when you want me to shut up. But like, so I've been banned from Twitter twice now. I'm not going to go back for a third time. Really? Um, yeah. I, I didn't been, know this. The, the first time I got banned, first off, some little fucker uh, in 2000, um, I went to 2008, 2006, got the name DC Douglas on the handle. And I'm like, you, I could have used that. Um, and, uh, so, uh, and then he never uses it, never uses it. He's tweeted like three times and that was mm-hmm. it, but Twitter, Twitter keeps it. Anyway, um, so uh, I had this one handle that was not like, it's it worked, but I was, and I was on there for 10 years and then I got banned because of, you know, the Trump era arrived and, um, and then I couldn't really hold back with some of the, uh, the hypocrisy of the, follow- the followers. Sorry if you guys are into Trump. Um, and I really, I really am sorry you're into Trump, um, but, but I, uh, Somebody was going on about, you know, he's God's chosen, whatever. And I'm like going, really? Even with all the rape convictions or all the rape accusations and stuff. And the way that I, I went back and forth. I don't know if she was a bot or real, but um, I pointed out, I used Trump's words. I quoted Trump as a response to her, but because it was about the word rape in it. So that's a trigger word for, for the algorithm. And because it looked like I was saying it to her, even though I was quoting Trump talking about one of his accusers, uh, I got banned for that. And then I thought, well, you know what? I've always wanted all my social media to have the same handle. So then I, I created a new account. I had that handle. And I'm like, there we go. This is much better. It's Which is, by the way, MRDC Douglas, Mr. DC Douglas on Instagram and Facebook, not on Twitter. The Twitter one, 
I was doing fine. And I watched myself. I didn't swear. I was, I just promoted myself. I was being the good actor. And, um, then January 1st came along and the whole L. Linwood, the lawyer to Trump, was talking about taking Pence out in front of a firing squad. QAnon was like like from like crazy big on, in January. And they were all going on going, we really should. We need to take America back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. and instead of being angry about them, I decided I'll be one of you, but I'll show you how ridiculous you are and I'll one up you. And so I just started responding to everybody going, yeah, and like an improv game. Oh, and right. This, crazier so what i think the one i got banned for is i said um you're uh, right we need to we need to take pence out and, and shoot him dead because isn't that what democracy is all about thank god for oh so on. you really went in yeah right and i got banned so and then at that point i'm like fuck it i'm not going back so you're, when was that when was that how long that ago of this year <laughs> oh this year okay yeah shit so you would have lost a lot of followers off that and stuff as well like just yeah on that. but, but- First off, it's like, I mean, I know that followers are good for, you know, audience income and all that stuff, but I don't, it's like, if you start, I can't live by like followers. No. I figured I have a lot of overlap between Facebook and Instagram. And if people want to find me, they'll find me. Um, yeah. and eventually, you know, they, they won't want to find me anymore. And so you got to be cool with that as well. <laughs> well, yeah. What, why do you think like Hollywood actors don't go on it at all? Cause, cause so, there's some like, Oh, they're smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much pretty much if you go look at the first off uh, between um the different platforms i would probably say that the most toxic of all of them is face uh excuse me is um uh, twitter because of the way yeah. that it's des- it, it's instant magnification of anything so shit bullshit anger whatever people love to be in an outrage mob all of that stuff but if you look at like um and if you're a sensitive person which most artists are sensitive. That allows them access to their emotions for their performances and all of that. They're, it's gonna it's gonna eat away at your mental health. I you know, let alone anybody who's not in the uh, the, the performance life. You know, it's gonna eat away at theirs. If, if all of a sudden you know uh, you get a flood of people saying you're shit, you're this. It's like I mean, I've been I, because like I said, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I've had so many controversies follow me. 2010, I got in trouble and I was on Fox News for a week because of a voicemail message I left um, going after the Tea Party, which was the beginning of the Trumpster stuff. Um, and uh, and so I dealt with people calling me on my cell phone and leaving, you know, all these these messages for me. Um, and so I went through that. And then I went through a thing. We had a voice actor in the industry in, in the anime ADR world, the big, the high paying world of that. And um, uh, he was outed or whatever. And, you know, there he'd been a creep for, you know, over a decade, according to people. I tried to stay completely neutral, but I said, hey, guys, let's, you know, don't condemn women coming forward, but you can also think he's innocent. In the meantime, while more information, blah, blah, blah. I just did that. That's all I did. Should have done it. The minute you step into any controversy, Everybody else is going to be, it's so black and white thinking in Twitter. It is um, literally, it's the Twitter is the borderline personality uh, platform of all social media. And uh, so it's just going to be one or the other. And then, and then that got hooked up with uh, uh, actually it's from um, down under uh, Kiwi farms. Um, The uh, uh, should I said that? I don't know. Anyway, those boys came after me uh, and they are boys. And um, uh, so on all sorts of, so they magnify and distort anything. Uh, and it all, it's just, all, it's just, it's gross. It's just gross. So if you're an artist and you're sensitive, why go on social media? It's, if you want to, you can announce stuff that you're in. Yes. Yeah, so you can be really standoffish if you want and not reveal your, your, your true self. 
Um, and maybe you'll you'll get through it unscathed and just never look at the comments, and that's cool. But if you really want to interact with your fans, it's um, it's a, it's a double edged sword. So, do you think um, that's hurt or helped your career, or like in terms of getting jobs? Does it both? Well, both really? <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, it's a very good question. My dad was like during that whole um, uh, tea party thing way back when he was like you know, you're probably going to lose a lot of work because of this. And I go, well, listen, if a producer is like, you know, if he's all for no healthcare for people and, you know, then fuck them. <laughs> if they really, if they're not going to hire me over that kind of thing, if I can't be who I am, I will say this. That was my first big lesson was, um, I, cause I, back then, remember how everybody used to blog? That was how you got followers to your, your website. So I had a blog and I would blog, Today was a great day. I worked with so-and-so producer on the, at the so-and-so studios. Lovely people to work with. And I feel this is another step in my journey as an actor. Like, I did all that kind of, like, I wasn't being me. I was trying to present the working actor in Los Angeles and how grateful I am for the business and, and these people. And maybe they'll Google their names and see that I blogged about them. And that'll get me more work. And that is a pathetic way to live. And I was living that way. And then when I was outed, essentially, uh, because of this, um, my private life voicemail message I left for this group, um, and then all of a sudden I'm like, literally on Fox News is breaking news, which is obviously a slow news week. And then I'm like, I'm like, well, then now either I, the advice that I got was run, hide, it'll go away, and then go back to being fake. Um, and I'm like, no, fuck this, goddammit, this isn't right, and I'm going to stand up and be who I am, and ugly warts and all, and then I did, and I went at it that way. And ever since then, I've... Um, and like, if I do something wrong, I'll apologize for it if, uh, if I'm in debate with somebody. Um, but otherwise, I'm not going to apologize for having my opinion. I'm not going to apologize for living my life as fully as I want to be and, and expressing myself. Um, you know, but if I'm a dick, then, yeah, I should apologize unless I'm being a dick to a bully. And on Twitter, so many fucking bullies that come after you. And so I was like, that's part of why I... I some people don't like me is that like I, I bounce, I, I hit back at them, you know? And it's like, but I'm a teenager. It's like, well, you shouldn't be a fucking dick as a teenager. I hated that when I was in high school. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway, yeah. it's like, you don't know you're, you're, you don't know they're a teenager when it's online. So it's like, I have a, like a really like, ang I get so angry at this 12 year old. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus, what, a waste of time. what a waste of time. So anyway, yeah. Um, I did lose some clients, but I gained way more than I lost uh, in 2010. Really? Um, yeah. And I think the industry and all is uh, uh, getting more used to people being being who they are. Um, and uh, so it's. Are you? Are you? I don't know if you're allowed to say. Are you union or non-union? I um, uh, interesting. You went there. Wow. Um, I am union. I've been uh, I've been in LA since uh, 1985 because I'm old. And um, so I, I went union in the in the 90s. Um, I also, but I do some non-union work. There's a thing called um, Financial Core, uh, and there's a lot of debate about it, and very strong pro-union people will curse me because I am FICOR, but I'm not the only one FICOR. Uh, Can you say who else, I, anyone else would know that's in that, or is that not, you can't say? Uh, well, I mean, I could say, well, the one, the only one that comes to mind right now, I don't want to say because I don't like him, uh, is... Uh, <laughs> Angelina Jolie's dad. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, what's the name? What's his name? He was in Midnight Cowboy. Anyway, the reason I know him is because when you are a FICOR, you essentially, you're, you're a, a, a dues-paying non-member, but you don't get any of the fringe benefits, uh, the side stuff, like, you know, voting, um, going to casting workshop stuff. 
And also, you can't get a SAG award. And he was nominated for a SAG award. Um, and then they discovered that he was FICOR. And they're like, oh, yeah. And they pulled the nomination. And then he went on this big tirade about how they shouldn't do that. And it's like, dude, did you not, re- did you not read the thing when you signed it and you became FICOR? Because the, uh, the reason I ask is Village, the, the latest Resident Evil, they're all non-union from what I believe. So if, if, even if they wanted you, could you do it or not? Yeah, absolutely. So oh, you could. And I, listen, I love, ah. I love the role of Albert Wesker, but I know eventually one day they're going to replace me um, because, you know, you don't want an 80-year-old doing Albert Wesker. Um, well, maybe you do. Anyway, uh, they're going to replace me. Um, and so, you know, I'm cool with that. It's uh, it, it got it got me a, a lot of, you know, wonderful fans and uh, friends and, um, uh, and experiences flying around the world kind of stuff. So I'm really appreciative of all that. Uh, and I'm appreciative of them. They've, they've just been, they've been good to me. And so I've done union and non-union under that contract, uh, under that with them, because I, I, I have a, an affinity for the role, uh, a love of the role. Um, and I actually know the other guys who voiced him, except for the first guy. Uh, I'd like to meet him. But Richard Waugh and I um, met many, uh, God, I guess it was about eight years ago now. Um, and he and Ad- Adrian Huff and I, we all went and had drinks on Sunset Boulevard. Uh, several drinks, um, but he and I <laughs> too many. Re- yeah, yeah. We talked about the whole Resident Evil thing, and like he was at the beginning of the convention scene when he was Wesker. Um, uh, so yeah. he, he didn't know how to parlay it into anything uh, as far as convention stuff. stuff. But he has an amazing uh, on-camera career. For those of you who are fans, like 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 know all the Weskers, go look up Richard Waugh's um, IMDb, and then and he's a Canadian actor, so all his film and TV stuff in Canada is is just like. Great. He's been in some really big stuff as well. So I I've, envy his I've actually came across the original Wesker from Resident Evil, uh, the first one, 1996. And I found him on YouTube. There's a controversy. Which one do you have? I think his name was Pablo? Yes. Okay, so you got the right one. I got the right you're one? Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> it was another one. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. But uh, what he was claiming to be, but he wasn't. I don't know if he claimed to be it, but he was credited everywhere with it. So people assumed it was it. Um, but no, the Pablo guy, yeah, because um, there's a, a place called Resident Evil Database out of Brazil. Um, lovely lady uh, who, who runs that. And um, she unearthed that and, then, and also did an interview with him, too. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like, that's the one I have not met. But Peter Jessup and I had the same agent for many years. And uh, he's, a, he's a sweetheart and super freaking talented. And the first one that I, I started in 2007 with Umbrella Chronicles. And yeah. uh, uh, and the thing is, when I auditioned for it, they were playing his voice. He was unavailable for that gig. They were playing his his stuff from the previous thing he had done. I guess he's done like one or two things uh, in Resident Evil. And um, so I listened to it. It was really kind of unique. And I auditioned and, and booked it. And then I saw him in the lobby back in the days when we used to actually go to the agency to audition for things. And um, and I said, hey, I just want to, you know, I hope you don't mind that I took that role and thank you so much because now I'm like I'm in a really big role and he's like he's like no have fun with it run with it you know he was cool with it and then with Richard Waugh when I when I ran into him like he once he understood that production moved from Canada to LA um then then he was kind of cool with it and then then he and I talking and he was like yeah run have fun with it I tried to get like a panel I think a great panel at a convention all of you all the Westers together for a Wester panel I think that would be phenomenal so has that never happened? No, it hasn't. I tried to get it going one year, and I just couldn't get enough bites. You know, it's expensive because that's four voice actors. You've got Maybe I can get you all on here at one time. That might be the next best thing, hey? That's probably the easier way to do it. Exactly. 
Um, Aussie here says, Mr. Douglas, how did it feel playing the crazed gym teacher Kamashida in Persona 5? Absolutely love that character, and your delivery was menacing. Did I get that right, Kamashida? Yeah, you did. Okay. It's, um, yeah, it's, first, uh, I got to say, in the whole video game anime world, I am collecting a lot of, like, really creepy motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And I'm, and I'm cool with it, except for, you know, when when some people get their little, uh, I guess not the, you know, if he plays all these creepy people, he must be creepy. And it's like, you know, when you, I'm actually, I've got cats. I am, there's a comedian, I forget his name, but I, uh, the way he describes soft people, men, they're C-section men. And I'm like, I'm a C-section man. <laughs> um, but Kamashita, you know what's funny about that is that, uh, all I knew is that uh, it was a video game. It was a, a, a you know Japanese uh, thing, and um, and he was a gym teacher, but he's a little bit of a dick. That's all they told me. And so I'm recording, and we get to the scene where he's accused of of this doing this horrible thing to this high school student, and and then we finish the scene, and, and then I go, uh, Valerie was directing, and I, and I, I'm like, did he do the thing? And Valerie's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, you fuckers. <laughs> So great, I can add pedophile to my my resume. So <laughs> you've played a lot of villains over the years, haven't you? I mean, it's been yeah. But even before um, when I first uh, uh, was getting video games, like my first video game wasn't until two thousand. I did uh, uh, the Master in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So my very first video game, I'm playing a, a villain who sounds very similar to Albert Wesker. Um, and, uh, the only reason I got to do that role is because the, the actor from the TV show, like poo pooed the video games. He's like, I'm not coming in for a video game. That's, he lived out on yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, not worth my time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, well, cool. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, such a weird session thinking of where video games are now and what it was like then. Um, it's really funny because also then we didn't get the scene. You didn't see what you were responding to, what the, what the actions, it was literally like an Excel sheet with just your lines. And we're like, do we know what's happening here? And like, usually the director's like, no. So let's pretend, <laughs> let's be a loud one, a medium one. Blah, blah, blah. So that's why some of the early video games are really bad. How, so how big was that role? Sorry, sorry to cut you off. No, no worries. How, what was the question? How big was that role for Buffy, um, the Buffy game? In the game? I, it's really, I think it's, it's like the, uh, I've not played the game, but I assume he's the final boss. So oh, okay, be, yeah, yeah. So it was just basically a lot of dialogue, a lot of fighting, and then some end dialogue kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Someone here mentioned that um, you should play Batman. You've got a similar sounding voice to Kevin Conroy, which I sort of, I actually, I reckon you'd knock that out of the park, Batman. Wow. Well, I, I didn't. I well, I love that. Um, I would have to. I don't. I, I'm, see, here's the thing. What. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't play video games. Um, when I was that's a, kid, a lie. I, I've seen you play Resident Evil. Come on. If you've seen how I how I played it, you know it's not a lie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. But my thing is, I I don't really like uh, when I get a thing for like a super like a Marvel superhero. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this is. So I gotta Google it, look it up, and read about it, and then I audition for it. So. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I know he's famous. He's famous for that role and from other stuff. And he's a very accomplished voice actor. But I don't know like what his voice sounds like, so I'd have to go and listen. So, but I don't like taking over other people's roles. I don't like how to have to match their voice, or whatever. I love it when it's a fresh new thing that nobody's ever heard before. So I'm doing. I can't say this. I'm doing a game now 
and it is for um, Redacted. And I'm playing Redacted. But the thing is, this Redacted has uh, uh, not really been represented in this Redacted canon before. And so I'm very excited that I get to establish the voice of Redacted. Um, we all hear about it in like two years. Okay. And this is a franchise that we know, right? I'm not giving hints about anything else. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to no, I, I understand. I understand. But it's a big role, yeah? Um, it's an important role, not necessarily big. It's, okay. uh, it's big enough that I'm like, going to be able to make rent for a couple months. <laughs> is, is, is it, um, is it, is it mocap? Have you done much mocap lately or is it voice? Or? Do, it's funny. It's, it is. There's more mocap lately. This is actually a mocap one as well. So yeah, it's, I didn't usually get, I think that's basically the wave of where everything is headed now mm. is, is mocap for, for these games if they can. So um, unless it's just like smaller roles or what have you. Um, the, uh, so yeah, so I'm actually in a couple of different things where I'm doing mocap again. Um, which is not fun when you've got that dad bod going. So, um, but the, uh, yeah, my first real big uh, mocap gig, um, I went, went to San Francisco for a week and it was a buttload of dialogue. It was, um, we were doing like 30 pages a day uh, and it's uh, called, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is nobody played the story mode. It's called NBA 2K14. Yeah, yeah, right. So okay. Nobody played the story mode. But I play the um, the Uber agent. So when he finally, if, if he if he ditches his best friend as his agent, I become the agent. And uh, the that's cool hilarious! Thing, wow. It's oh no! Wait till you hear this. Actually, those of you who are who are listening, if you can open up another browser window, window search for DC Douglas NBA Two K Fourteen. You'll see the video of it. The so here's the thing. I'm excited to because I said, so how are you going to make him look? Is it going to be like the cigar chopping guy? And they're like, no, no, no. It's going to be you. I'm like, you're going to make it look, look like me? So I went all dolled up and they did the pictures, 3D pictures and all of that. And I'm like, it's going to look amazing. I'm going to see DC Douglas as an avatar. And then I see the game and I look like a melting Bill Pullman. It is like, <laughs> they did like one render and that was it. Because they do, they, all their money goes to making all the baseball or the basketball players look like the actual people. Yeah. Like, my character, no one gives a shit. So it's like one render, that's good enough. I'm like, he's, he's melting. What did you do to him? Was that the game with actual, the players had some voice lines or not? I wouldn't know about the other players because okay. that whole week myself and the guy who plays the player, um, it was just us two. So what was cool about it is they, they let us like improv a lot on what we, what the dialogue was partly because it was just so much dialogue to remember it word perfect would be impossible um, the way they were shooting. But the other cool thing was it was like doing theater uh, you know, there's probably not a lot of actors watching, but it's like doing theater in the round. So you, 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 you can. Ah, uh, okay. So everywhere they're uh, surrounding you. Yeah. Right. You're in a close up the entire time. So there's like, like the first, when I first started doing it, I like did the scene with him and I did like a little ad lib I was proud of. And then I turn away and I'm walking away from him and I'm like going, I'm supposed to be angry. And I'm so angry, angry, angry. And I turn, and I'm like, that's pretty good. And then I look up and I get a monitor. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Gotta dump that data. <laughs> so that was your first mocap, that game? That's my first big mocap. I, well, Resident Evil 5, playing Wesker, they... Face um, cap? Well, yeah. Here's the thing is that I actually auditioned to do full mocap for him, but I had just bought a house and I was um, helping the, the construction guys who were renovating it. Um, I'm like, I'll go bring some cement up. <laughs> and I go get the bag and I threw my back out. So I go to the audition. I'm like, 
All I can do, guys, is walk around and point a gun because if you make me do any other bending or stuff, I'm fucked. And they're like going, no, 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 don't worry. I was Ruben. He's like, don't worry. No, no, no. Just come in and you point the gun and all that. So we go to the audition and they've got like a Japanese stunt coordinator and he's like, and they're translating. He's like, okay, DC, you're going to roll onto your back, jump up, throw the gun and then whip this way. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> so the audition was very quick. And um, so, but thank God they did. They still, they, they hired Ken Lally, who does an amazing job of, of the mocap uh, for Wesker in that game. And then, um, and then they, when I did the voiceover, it was face mocap. Back in the days when, so you got metal things glued all over you. So it was like hours of getting ready. Then they have like a 180 degree bar around you with all these uh, camera lasers and, uh, and so you can't gesture while you're doing voiceover, which is really frustrating because that's where you get a lot of your emotion from. And you, and sometimes when you're, even though you're on mic, sometimes when you're talking to two people, you like move your head here, move your head here just to get that feel. And they're like, you couldn't do that either. You had to look straight ahead. Oh, right. And then here's the weirdest part. Albert Wesker is not emotive. He's not like, I'm really upset. <laughs> There's nothing to do that. And so everything is like, everything is like this, Albert Wesker, but they want the face. <laughs> They want the face really exact. How do you do that? The technology. So it's like, the thing is like, I'm going to kill you. It's like, really oh, confused. yeah, right. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, right. So it, also, they also sprung the fact that I was going to be, they wanted me more sounding like Richard Wobb and Peter Jensen for that one. So I'm like, oh, shit, I got to change my whole way of thinking of it. So, yeah. And that's that story. Did you, <laughs> did you meet Chris and, and Eva in the cast at all during that or what? No, uh, actually, I still have never met. Um, is, it, is it Eva or Ava? Ava, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ava, but I've yeah. not met her. I just met her virtually during the pandemic. We did a, a, a some sort of con thing or, or whatever, and so that was the first time I've ever met her. Uh, I was a lovely lady, and then, but um, uh, Roger Craig Smith, I've met a couple times. Um, we've been on some shows together, but our sessions were at different times. Um, yeah. But uh, we crossed paths a couple times in the studio. So this sweet, smart um, guy who does social media the right way. He <laughs> does not interact. He goes off and he, he's off, you know, in the, the wilderness somewhere. He's with nature. He's gazing at the stars. He's living a beautiful life. And he posts the stuff to share with you. But he's not interacting. Yeah, I can't get a hold of the guy. I've tried. Right. Yeah, He's I'm smart. I tried to get him cast in the film. We, uh, I mean, actually, he would have been cast in the film. He's, he couldn't do it because he had a promo gig. Um, and he's like, I got golden handcuffs. I can't do it. Uh, but it was a film. Uh, I went to Asylum. Uh, I've done like many films with. And, uh, and I know it's Asylum. But it's also Asylum, which is cool. It's like a little bit of a playground. And I, uh, I've worked with them since like 2002. And uh, I went to them and I, I worked with these other two, uh, this director and writer who also co-wrote this comedy that we did called Alpha House with them. They turned out to be Resident Evil fans. And uh, it was actually funny because they didn't know at first when I was cast about Resident Evil. So I think it was one night, late night, we're shooting in um, near USC in some god awful place. Uh, and they've set up the shot out there. And I'm sitting waiting for my stuff, which is later on to, to film in that scene. So I'm just sitting out there talking to one of the grips and he's talking about video games. He's like, aren't you? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I am. And, and then all of a sudden the boom guy who's there booming the scene, whether there's rehearsing, he leans out of the doorway and he's like, you're Wesker. <laughs> and then from that, he like spreads around. Now all of a sudden. That's hilarious. <laughs> Far and the, the director uh, and the writer guy, they were like, we love, you know, they're Resident Evil fans and uh, they're young, they're like 20 years younger than me. 
And uh, they're like, can we, you know, I said, well, why don't we approach Asylum with a zombie film and uh, come up with an idea? So I approached them. They were cool. With it, and I'm so glad I did because I approached them with the idea. They said they were open to it and I'd have to go through their workshopping process, which is not fun, uh, but it is what it is. It's, it's art by committee kind of thing. But what was great about it is in that moment, they went, well, why aren't you on Z Nation? Because it was the show they had going. And I'm like, why am I not? <laughs> and uh, no, they were really cool. And so they gave me a, a three episode art. You were in that. Show. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. meet um, Sarah Coates? Do you remember her? She was in Village as well. She was in Resident Evil Village. Know the name, but I don't use the name. Oh. I'm, I'm bad with names and faces going together. Yeah, so I know. I'm but I don't, I don't know. What she was apparently she? was like a pregnant lady in the, in the show. Oh, oh, no. Guess what? I didn't meet her because she'd already given birth. I think she died or uh, something. Okay. And, and I take her baby. My, my wife and I take her baby. My wife is played by the producer's uh, real wife, who I, the first movie I ever did for Asylum was with her. Um, I tortured her. But um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, we were mom on pedal and that we took, we took Sarah Coates' baby. So, so I've, got a, I've got a comment here from Nathaniel. He says, if they had any brains, they wouldn't recast Wesker. Now, well, that, but eventually, if this thing goes on for another 20 years, they're going to want to recast. Well, you if, you're the last person to play the character, yeah? Yeah, I'm um, since 2007, I've done, I think, like nine games, which nobody knows because you only know like Resident Evil 5 and that's it, and maybe Umbrella Chronicles. But um, there's been all these side games, little things where I show up here or there. I've done a couple Pachenko machines, is that what they're called? Um, and uh, Little things I did, like a promo for them as well as Wesker. Then I Do you count Ma- Marvel vs. Capcom in that? Yep, Marvel yeah. vs. Capcom. And also uh, the latest ones were Umbrella Corps, which I know people have issues with. Um, <laughs> but if you play, apparently, I say the game's canon. And if you get to a certain point, you'll hear me. And I'm, like, commanding you. And I recorded a monologue, but no one has... Um, someone sent me sound files. They data mined it, but you don't hear it in the game. And the monologue is... The rumors of my demise have been great. Uh, I've been greatly exaggerated. Something like that. It's like I'm back or whatever. And I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, that's but, what I was going to say. Do you consider him alive or dead? I don't know canon stuff. Also, they rebooted the whole thing. So who the fuck knows? He could be in this. <laughs> he could be alive. He never fell into a volcano. We don't know. Um, the some uh, uh, friends of mine uh, who played uh, Re8 uh, told me that. Um, the concept that comes out in that game justifies uh, Wesker being alive. Um, yes. Something about the or something. I don't know. But, like, you guys run with it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I want you back, man, in nine. That would be epic. Resident well, Evil 9, do- man. If they're doing what they're – if you because if you look at it, they're not – it's it's about Ethan's story. Mm. So, right. So I think that the third one is about is to finish Ethan's uh, arc of it. So I don't think you'll see him in nine. I'd be surprised if he did. So, but I, I mean, you'd think they'd bring him back eventually. So you you are you, you think in some yeah? Do you think you'll get that call, or you you just genuinely don't know, or what? Do I? Uh, I uh, do I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Have you played Village yet? No, I've watched. Uh, I watched someone else play through a, a big portion of it, um, and it's it's gorgeous. Um, 
And I mean, just the, I've been, because like I said, I've never played games, but recently uh, we have, uh, there's a dip. Okay. <laughs> Where do I start? Um, some friends that are front, front, that I've met through over the years, the last decade from the Resident Evil community, we kind of started a little group during the pandemic to stay in touch. And they kind of convinced me that I should go and stream. So the games, and I'm like, well, shit, might as well. And uh, I went and got a PS4 and started to stream um, one of the games. And oh, and then Proton John, you might have heard, he's a, a gamer in, on Twitch uh, that people know. Anyway, he said, um, uh, play Resident, uh, I, I played Resident Evil 5 with him. And so from that, I started doing more of this. And um, did you and, find that fun? Yes and no. Because, yes, ultimately it's fun. Sometimes it depends on the game. So, like, I played the first one remake, so it was interesting, but the doors fucking got to me. Too many fucking door transitions. And, the loading, yeah. Right, and so that so early on I was going, resident doors. And then somebody made me read one of these, because I started to skip reading a lot of those little found documents, but they said, no, you have to read this document. I'm like, okay. And I read it, and that's that one is like, itchy, itchy, tasty. <laughs> It is hysterical. <laughs> and so then it became resident doors, itchy, itchy, tasty. And then from that, a little Discord community has popped up. Um, and that is called, Res- if you go to resident, uh, can I ever say it fast? Residentdoors.com. That's that Discord community. I'm not an admin on it or whatever, but it's uh, I, I pop in there occasionally. And um, and it's uh, uh, kind of, it's a fun little community. Of it's cool. It's small right now. You know, it grows uh, at its own at its own pace. Uh, <laughs> but so then I'm like, well, now I need to stream more because a Discord happens. So, <laughs> yeah. but the games are like the, some of the, the the remakes are just gorgeous. And you oh, use that game, and then you switch to like right now. I'm in Resident Evil Four. I've been playing that for about three years. <laughs> game is fucking long, um, and so the it's hinky as <laughs> the way the the, the camera moves. And I get very kind of like nauseous, so I have to limit it to like two hours. Some of the other games I went on for like four-hour uh, streams, but this one I have to do two hours and I got to stop. Yeah, I'm so, looking now. I, so you haven't beaten four yet? Fuck you, dude. I'm trying. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> um, and also, it's it, there's not a lot of story. And, and it's kind of like you start to get like the coders like, we coded this level. Now we copy-paste it, and then we amped it up a little harder. Copy pasted things a little harder. That's what it feels like, and I'm like, just get to the pocket story. So, <laughs> I'm really ready to move on. I'd like to play Code Veronica, but I hear that's really difficult. Hold on, now hold on. Resident Evil Four. Have you heard the rumors of this uh, remake, DC? Well, that's that 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 thing that that hack thing that came out that said that they're doing the leak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he's not in. Well, you never know. You never know. Well, wait, listen, I'm hopeful for everything. <laughs> Even if it isn't a Resident Evil game, I'm hopeful we'll throw a Wesker in it. Why not? <laughs> uh, uh, we've got a question here. What? How did you feel about the actual character of Wesker? How did it feel? Like, what, um, what are your thoughts on him? Okay. Well, let's be honest, guys. It's um, he's 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 an archetype more than he is a person, right? There's not a lot of uh, dimension. There hasn't been a lot of dimension to him. But here's what. Uh, but I will say this: the way they've been doing the remakes, they've been they've really uh, an, like the acting is really good on the remakes. Did I do? I did. Um, is three remade? Three is remade, right? Yeah. Did I play? 
Yeah, I played two and three, but I played them out of order. I played three first, I think, and then I played two. But the acting in both three and two, the acting is really good, the voice acting. And also the graphics are gorgeous as well. But there's like, there's more of a cinematic quality, which is also why I love doing Mass Effect, because they wanted it all to be very cinematic acting. Um, so if they're going in that, if they're going in that direction, when they get to RE5, uh, and if they still want 80 year old DC, um, I'm looking forward to doing that because I would love to go back because when we were recording it originally, um, I was going for, cause I'm trained for, for theater and then film and TV mm. and the game mm. I just fell into. And so a lot of the, the, uh, JRPGs that I would do, it would, it's so like, by the numbers kind of acting. They want to kind of like more broad operatic. When we got to RE5, I thought, well, this is, uh, I mean, I know it's originally in Japan, but it's for the American audience. And I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, underplay him. I really wanted to make him more kind of like complex and underplayed. And I like, I got like a lot, like one line read out of it. And it's like the producers talk and the producers in Japan that talk to them through the whatever. And then the Liam comes back and he's like much bigger, really like chew the scenery. And it was like, <laughs> so that's so i mean i'm acting in the style of the way that they wanted for that game and again ultimately it does work there's a lot of i mean there's some people that are like eh, it's too much and there are other people that go that was fun um so yeah. but I, when they get back to when, when they go to remake that and if i still get to do wesker i do hope that i can I give a more nuanced performance of him and at that point I, i'll have more of an opinion on who he is as a person because hopefully we'll get more backstory uh and whatnot but obviously the guy has got some mental issues <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's a megalomaniac. He's, uh, <laughs> um, he's got some. Uh, he's pretty bad, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty well, able. Yeah, the arrogance to him, and uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of messed up with. with Did you with see the? Um, was it the Netflix show or movie where they where they announced the cast of the new Wesker? Did you see that? Fantastic! Yeah. I love that actor. Yeah, yeah he's, I, is it Lance Riddick? Is that his name? Uh, yep. And Fantastic. the thing is, I know people started to get up. I had an interesting uh, exchange with somebody on Instagram um, and they were upset with it. And I said, his, I said, his ethnicity has nothing to do with his story. So why are you getting bent out of shape? It's another version of this universe. And Lord knows Capcom is not, you know, they're, they're not, they don't have, they don't have much fidelity to the, the canon, right? They change it up all the time. So, and this is just one, uh, another new way to look at it. I mean, he's got daughters for crying out loud. So, <laughs> so I think, um, I, I, can, be, I look forward to see what he does with that. So, Yeah, 100%. Uh, Quetz, it's hard to take the ending of RE5 seriously when someone who had no history with Wesker was the one to deal the killing blow. I think it had been Chris. It, I think if it had been Chris, I would have taken it more seriously. Hmm. Well, that I don't. I would. I would disagree with that. I mean, you, mm. you're wanting, you're wanting um, uh, an ending to a, uh, a storyline, which actually wasn't. I don't know if that well fleshed out, um, but I think it's. Uh, if you also think about it, there's um, there's other stuff going on with that game politically, sociopolitically, and so I think it's actually cool that she's the one that does it. Um, the the other thing too is a, a real man doesn't need to seek revenge. <laughs> Resident Evil 2 is amazing it's my favorite out of the ones that you've played um DC what's your favorite personally it's not four um 
<laughs> That's so funny because everyone considers for the the greatest, you know. Oh, ever. I'm sorry. Listen, I mean, uh, what what is it about four compared to the others that does your head in? If I think if the game was like if I were done playing it, if it was, if it was and I know I'm bad at playing it. I, I admit that, guys. But like I finished the other games in like 10, 12 hours, and this one I'm on hour like twenty eight, and I'm only about uh, a little more than halfway through. I mean, it's sad, uh, and I don't, <laughs> and I'm not filled with story. Like there's more story. There's a lot of action, in. yeah. It's action, but it's also repetitive action. It's like, here's this. Uh, it's the same kind of people that kill the same way, but now they put 10 of them in there. And now you've got less time. And now there's an additional puzzle. You know, and it's like, mm. after a while, I'm like, you're just being mean to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, but of the ones that I've played so far, I think, I mean, I really enjoyed uh, three. I thought that was, um, it was scary. It moved along. Also, I mean, te- technically it's gorgeous. The acting is really good. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I will also say I enjoyed, you're going to have to help me out because it's all sort of blur together. There's one where you go in the back. Is it Lisa Trevor? You find where Lisa Trevor's been living and she's, you know which one I'm talking about? What's the one with Lisa Trevor in it? Is that our, is that the first one or is that? Lisa Trevor. Yeah, I think the first one. I'm having a blank Ooh, too. I got you on the spot. Yeah, you got um, me on the spot now. Thinking like a, like a is that the remake? Back. Yeah. Back Shack or something. Um, anyway, that one, yeah. that had some spooky elements that I really enjoyed uh, and puzzles and stuff. They do blur together after a while, though. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the remake, 2002. Yeah, yeah, I really, I actually did enjoy that. The, I'm, I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting because I do want to play 6, 7, and, and eventually 8. Um, but it'll be interesting to all of a sudden change over to a whole different cast of characters and... Um, and, and see how that goes. I'm looking forward to it. See, I played the original the other day, the 1996, and it's just, it's crazy how far it's come since then. Yeah. It's I really insane. wanted to play the original, but I guess they can't get it on PS4. Oh, if you play it, the voice acting is horrendous. It's the worst I've ever seen. But it's so, it's charming. Like, there's something about it. And, but that is the reason it is, is because it's the Excel spreadsheet. It's just the lines and without any context. It's because coders were writing it then. So they're like, well, they're just, you're the lines. What do you need anything else for? <laughs> and I think it, it also gets lost in translation a bit, I think, because you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's a Japanese developer. I think that probably yeah. had a, something to play. DC is really 39 years of age. I am. E- E4 says. I, what? I'm, th- I'm 55. I'm, like a, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> No, you are not 55. Come on. I, I, There's no way you're not 55, DC. You are born, not. February, I refuse to believe it. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. What are you What are you drinking there? Listen, on Zoom, there's a little button that says touch up my appearance. Oh, okay. You got that cranked up. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. But still, I mean, not bad. If I have a long lock of hair like that at 50. I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nathaniel, didn't know you streamed the Resident Evil games. I'll definitely have to check that out. Why would I miss the opportunity to see Wesker play Resident Evil? Except Wesker plays really badly. So <laughs> an hour. Yeah, that's actually on my channel here on YouTube. Um, uh, once you subscribe to this channel, go and check out. Um, I, I was just type in DC Douglas. My channel should pop right up. Yeah, and definitely. I, a playlist of all the 
Let's so. let's get DC to 30,000 30, subs. Um, Wesker, be honest. Did you create the coronavirus? <laughs> you do know, guys, just so you know, that that's a very sensitive issue with Capcom. So they... Uh, <laughs> it is, isn't it? They had a bit of... Um, so, so it's yeah. like, and as though I don't represent the company because I'm not hired by them at the moment, I will. Uh, I do want to respect their wishes, and I, I, I better. I think it's better yet to say that no, not at all. But perhaps you could come up with a cure. Who knows? Um, anyway, <laughs> there it's, is yeah. though on my channel. Um, you can find, uh, or if you go to actually, this is a better way to do it. If you go to dcdouglas.com, go to um, uh, go into the voiceover section. I think you can find either about if you go to about me about whatever, or on the playlists. You look for there's a Resident Evil um, playlist. And in there, I've got it. There's a video of Wesker telling you how to make a mask. <laughs> I haven't seen um, this. That's yeah, cool. I put that at the beginning of uh, last, uh, somewhere in the, the middle of last year during the pandemic. And I got Roger Craig Smith to pop in for it. Oh, so that's Nicole, great. Uh, yeah. Actually, Nicole, I met um, doing a gig in Japan and uh, had no uh, That's when I discovered that she was uh, going to be in the, the Resident Evil. So Nicole Tompkins? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nicole. Neil Nubon, Nubon. Uh, and uh, so he, uh, it's kind of funny, all of us had been in that Resident Evil. It was him, uh, Nicole, uh, Todd Habercorn, and myself, um, and uh, another guy who wasn't in it. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his last name, Christian something. Anyway, lovely actor. But we all got this weird, weird gig where we went to Japan. Um, it was mocap. And we're all actors and voice actors. And they put us in mocap, recorded us speaking. And it wasn't for a video game. It was for uh, some other kind of CGI project. And uh, obviously, I can't tell you what. But, uh, but it won't matter because you won't know that we're in it. We, we do the mocapping. But they already have actors cast in the voices. And they already recorded the voices. And they had the animatics for it. But then they had us come in and do the bodies. But recorded us speaking. So our mouths will match the things that we're saying. And... Then they're going to have those actors come back into studio and then lip sync us. That's bizarre. Why? Isn't that bizarre? Why? <laughs> I don't I understand. Can out of it, so I'm super happy. No, <laughs> it's not related at all. So yeah, that's that's bizarre. I've never even heard of that ever happening before. There you go. Yeah. Um, it of like the movies they do in um, like the old Jackie Chan movies and things, where they because they're so big on the action sequences, they don't record any audio. They yeah, just like yeah, yeah. they lip sync the entire thing afterwards. It's, it's a little bit of that thinking, I think. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a very interesting insight. MC John Neal, seven seconds. Seven seconds is all the time you can spare to read this. Resident Evil without Wesker is Star Wars without Darth Vader. Love your work, DC. Bring him back, Capcom. Hopefully, one day. <laughs> you can turn that voice on like that, can't you? I, I know you can. It gets requested enough, then yeah. It's kind of weird because I like it's also evolved because I've done so many fan service things with it, and then I'm then I'm like, I wonder it, it it'll definitely have my own stamp the next time I go in to record it. I think so. Would you change anything if you went back? Well, like I said, if um, if I mean, if I were allowed, the uh, I would um, try and flesh to out the backstory. Yeah, the story. definitely have a, that. But, but even if they don't, if it's the same script, I just would rather give a more um, under 
less on the nose evil and a little more playful uh, and nuanced performance with the voice. I would want to do that. I'd also probably strip out the British, the little Atla- British Atlantic that pops in every now and then. That was... Um, well, isn't he from uh, Ohio or something? What's that? Isn't yeah, exactly. He's from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> but it was I think Richard Waugh, uh, because at that point, you know, they don't give you much background. I think when Richard Waugh got it, he had no idea the background of the character. Um, they only give you so much info. And so I think he just looked at the character and he went, ooh, David Bowie, you know. And so he added in some David Bowie for it, which made it really cool. Um, but it's, it's you know, knowing that he's from Ohio, it's like a... I think just having good elocution is all he needs. You don't miss him with good British work. But I, I, I knew he was from Ohio. You know, Richard didn't. So, what would be Albert Wesker's reaction to Alcina Demetrescu? Do you know who she is? The big tall yeah. vampire. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like apparently she's not even like she's like the first boss or something in the game that like everyone fetishized her immediately. Yeah, she says internet doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what Wes could think about her? Um, he'd probably want to be cradled and sung to so he could fall asleep finally. Finally get some rest. Canna, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey DC, loved your work, especially on Mass Effect uh, yeah, as the one and only Legion. I would ask Garrus for you how he increased the Normandy's weapons efficiency by 043. He's still too busy calibrating. <laughs> That's an inside joke if you haven't played Mass Effect. Far out. <laughs> we haven't Very even much. talked about Mass Effect. I mean, how do you how do you feel looking back on that? Because the Legend Edition, Legendary Edition came out recently. Um, fucking hate the game. Hated doing the role. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> imagine that. Uh, you should have committed to that then. <laughs> here's this. Here's a little sweet backstory thing to kind of like more. It's more of an actor story, but it. Um, mm. I, uh, uh, that was when I first met Ginny McSwain, who's uh, been around forever in the business uh, as, a, as an animation director, voice director. And she was directing, she directed MS Effect 2. So when I went, and she's like fiery redhead woman who's got like a fiery redhead personality. And she's just, she's a ball of energy and she's fun. And uh, I went in there. It was the first time I'd ever gone to a voice review session where she's like, no, come back here. So I went back to the engineering side, sat down and she's like, so tell me about yourself. <laughs> never had that with usually you go in and they're like, Hey, Mike's over there. They get the mic set up and like, okay, so this project is blah, 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 blah. And you just go right into work. Never had somebody like say, I want to know who you, who the hell you are first. Um, that's cool. That's what, it's very, it's maybe something a little old school about it too, which is great. It's about making it a people business. So, and then of course, what was great is that Legion never spoke before the gap had never spoken before. So I'm like, yay, big game. I get to do, I get to set the voice. And, um, and he was, obviously it was, uh, uh, it's not a difficult voice to do. It's basically my voice in the morning after I've cleared my, my throat, a phlegm and my coffee. And then you just, you just speak quietly like this. Um, and they wanted like that balance between a computer, like Hal and something just a little more emotion. Um, so that was a fun, mm. it was a, so that was a very nuanced kind of, uh, recording, the recording sessions were more nuanced that way. Always keeping it cinematic, never too on the nose. Plus it's so well-written. Plus, they give you the sides, like you get the sort of sides meaning script for of your scenes, and so you can see, you see what everyone else is saying. You under you, you get, and sometimes they even had them already recorded, so you could they'll play the line before you, so you get a sense of their intonation, so you know how to respond. Which is why there's a much more organic feeling to the acting in that game at that point in time in in the, uh, the gaming history. Uh, and so I was so anyway, 
meeting Ginny was really cool. The session itself, the sessions themselves were really cool for, as an actor. Um, and, uh, and I had no idea how big the game was. Uh, it's like I literally fell into two huge fr- franchises and had no idea within a few years of each other. So it really changed, changed the trajectory of my voice career. Um, so I'm grateful for both of them. And then, even, and then on top of that, I auditioned for a kid's cartoon called Transformers Rescue Bots. And another robot sent uh, my audition in and, uh, and Ginny was the casting director on that. So li- the voice I did, Chase, it's like a lot of actors could do that voice. Um, but she, you know, she's casting it. She goes, I know, I'm sure this is what happened. She was like, I know DC Douglas. He goes in the, the shortlist. And then that shortlist is sent to the producers. And the producer, you know, chose me. And it's like, and that was because of her. So I had four years on a, on a cartoon that, uh, which that's is that's great. And the thing is on video games, I mean, we do now, but it's really nominal, but we don't get residuals really, um, on cartoons. That's where you make your money is you get your session fee. Plus you get residuals, the more it plays. Do you and really? So, yeah. So it's most of your union, uh, voiceover where it gives you residuals, video games and 80 and, uh, ADR stuff does. So, can you, can you uh, give us, how does the residual work? You don't have to go into money, but like, like an example of how would, how would that work? Is it, is it? Well, it's, it's like diminishing returns kind of thing. So the way it works is, uh, so for instance, what's a good example? Uh, radio is a little different than film and TV, but film and TV usually, and sometimes there's different contracts depending on the level of budget or what have you. Yeah. But, uh, you get a session uh, a session fee and they, then they decide to rerun it again uh after that you'll get something that's equal to your session fee then the next time they run it after that it's like half of your session fee and the next time they run after that it's half of that and the next time half of that so it goes it goes further down to where you're getting like twenty dollars because of for an airing and then it gets down into change eventually over the years i still get residual checks for under siege Two: dark territory uh, it was a Steven Seagal film I, I, I worked a week on, had two lines, supposed to have 10, but I got two at the end of it. Um, <laughs> they, those fuckers. <laughs> and they said, they'll figure out what lines you say. Well, because I was tall, they put me on the on this back uh, back row, and the shorter guy got the front row. And there were Steadicams. Wherever the Steadicam landed, they, that person got the line. And that fucker kept getting on the lines because the Steadicam guy did not want to walk up to the upper row where I was at. So, and then, and then, in the middle of the week, I was going to go, they, they started working on the upper row, and I'm like, I'm going to get more lines now. But then Stephen Skull shows up, and he brings some girl with him, who I'm assuming they're dating. And, mm, yeah, uh, yeah. and, he's, and they have some lines in this. Maybe we could have her as, like, working in the soft spot. Oh, you no. And, like, you know, of course, Mr. Seagal. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> right next to me. And then the, the city cam comes over. She gets the line. And then the city cam comes Oh, away. my God. That's funny. And at the very end. Hey, at least you get the residuals. I got, well, I got, oh, and yeah, back into the story. I'll, I'll open it to the residual part. So, but just to finish the story. So, I get, uh, on the first day, I have one line, and I had a cold that day. So, it's like I sound like a frog. So, and then I lose all these other lines. She gets the one line when it was around me. And then there's one line left. And it's a good line. It's at the end of the movie. Come on, DC. It's supposed, be, it's supposed to be, I get a thing and I just go, sir, we have control of Grazer One, which is the name of the satellite. And everybody in the room erupts. The music erupts. Big moment. I'm like, fuck yeah. And I, so I go up. To the, and the, the AD, the second AD, knew that I was waiting to find out if I got this line. Would they? Would they? the camera be next to me? And he comes in. He's like, DC. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, you get the line. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, but it's been rewritten. <laughs> and the line is, sir, 
have a call coming in. Oh, <laughs> and no. then Steven Seagal says, we've got control of producer Oh, one. my gosh. Hold on. What's this movie? I'm going to have to watch it tonight. You me over twice on that movie. What, what's this movie? Under Siege. Under Siege 2, yeah. I can't, I'm going to have to watch this tonight. Oh, I don't know if you should. Um, really? The, okay. Uh, uh, oh, it's 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 a Steven Seagal movie, but I ended up getting um, so like even now I got I got to check the other day. I think it was for like thirty cents. So I still get okay. You know, they, so it continually diminishes as it goes over time. Okay, that's interesting to know, but that doesn't happen with games very often. And finally, the whole new media. You see, you know, it's the no offense to producers, but there's always the everybody wants to keep their slice of the pie. And there's always a battle between the producers and talent. And they kept saying, we don't know with this new media, you know, how it's going to go. Like whether the stuff we put on the internet and video games, it kind of was all kind of cobbled together. They didn't even know if it should go under SAG or AFTRA. There used to be separate reunions at one point for up until uh, the last 10 years. And uh, so uh, they were going to whatever union gave them the better deal. And so it was without residuals. But then they're like making you know, millions of dollars on these games. You're like, uh, hello, can we get some residuals now, please? Um, and you can argue, why do actors get residuals and the writers, uh, you know, or uh, the, 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 the CGI artists don't and all that. And there's, I have an answer, but I won't go into bore you people. But essentially, uh, they worked out in the last contract, and I'm not, I don't follow this stuff closely because I can't vote, um, but they worked out like it's a certain, after a certain amount of money, we get like a 0.002 percentage residual thing. I have never seen a check from a game so far. So the only thing I've seen is like a reuse fee when they've uh, a dot hack, they pulled us out of that game and put us in a different game. And then I got a check for that, which was. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. See, the people don't realize is there's a great quote. I forget which actors is of some, uh, I can't remember. Is it Robert Downey Jr. or somebody said this and they said, you, um, people talk about how it's like so quick you're going into voiceover and yet you get paid so much money and he's like I and the quote is something to the effect of I spent all this money and all these years 10 years so that I could go in and do what you wanted in 10 minutes and that's essentially it because you get somebody who's not had any of that experience that training and all those years of not making money um, you know, but to go, they don't have, they haven't gone through any of that. You're just like, Hey, go on and do it. It's not going to be the same. I mean, maybe you get lucky, but it's not going to be the same. Yeah. So. Jennifer Hale, we, I had her on and she said, um, she made 1400 bucks on metal gear, which was like a huge game. Millions of copies sold. She came in 1400 bucks and that's it. Like when you hear yeah. that, it's like, that's, yeah, that's crazy. But yeah. this is why also why, um, Especially for like those who are into anime, the uh, so of all the the different again, I don't want to bore anybody, but the uh, of all the different levels of voiceover, um, the anime ADR stuff it pays the least amount of money, um, and that's why uh, it's hard. It was it used to be hard to get talent to come in to to do that stuff, um, but then these thing called conventions started happening, and then that became kind of a way of getting residuals for having done your ADR work is then you had the benefit of uh, going to cons, meeting fans. Um, it, they were happy that you were there. You were happy because you were making some extra money. Plus you got to go to a separate town, you know, a new town or something. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why it now can attract uh, more uh, more talent. And that's why more LA people are doing it as well. 
Um, yeah. I'm also grateful because I knew nothing of anime. And after doing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I was like, fine, this stuff is wild. I just did a thing called um, How to Not Summon a Demon Lord or King or something. Uh, that, that, I don't know if you watch that show. It's like, holy cow, it's like one step short of porno. Um, no, I've never <laughs> watched it. I've never watched it. Oh, there's, wild, there's some wild anime out there. And then there's some very tame anime. But there's uh, the wild anime is like, like the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is probably one of my uh, it's my first favorite because it was the first really big character I had. I played Yoshikage Kira, which he's uh, another lovely fellow. He uh, a serial killer who cuts off women's hands. Um, he loves his hands. Okay, um, and yeah, and and he talks to them like he's on a date with them. It's really weird. And uh, <laughs> but then I'm on, called uh, Welcome to Demon School of Rumakun, and that I play uh, a fun. Um, and that's also fun wild comedy and playing this teacher Caligo. Uh, and we're in their second season of that. Um, and then there's this new one I'm on, so I can't tell you what it is, but it's now my, it's now going to be one of my top three favorite animes that I've ever done. The character is hysterical wow. and it's big, broad comedy. And, um, and so I'm like that, that, this stuff's fun. I, I do appreciate the work when it comes to, but That's I think great. it's like, so, the, you know, it's really stupid in our business where I can go in and do a legal uh, I can work in for 10 minutes. I go in and I go, you know, uh, uh, member FDIC, not available in all states. And they go, thanks, DC. Thank you, guys. And they tag it onto a whole bunch, like 15 different spots. And all of a sudden, I get a check for $3,000. It's stupid. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and like, so for instance, I'm going to go do a film for three weeks now. And this is my film is my, is my first love. Yeah. Film and TV. And uh, so I'm going to go do a film. As an actor? What's that? As an actor? Yeah. 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 So, no, because I know I know you can produce and direct and all that. I was just oh, checking, oh, oh, just yeah. checking. No, no, no. no, I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, no, I'll, I want all the easy things. I'm just going to go in and act, <laughs> and you guys do uh, and spend more time. Um, Good idea. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, going on location for three weeks. It's and I'm I'm playing the bad guy in the film, so I'm very excited about it. Uh, but nice. it's not a money that I'll make in a week. I could make in an hour on a voiceover session. That's but. I'm going to enjoy, it'll feed my soul to be on set every day for 10 hours doing this, doing this role. Um, it's, uh, it's such a strange business as to what is valued and, you know, where the money is, and where it isn't. Um, capitalism, man, it's, uh, it's a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we all right to give you a couple more questions, DC? Sure. Um, Ian here says, do you have a favorite Wesker line? You know, it's funny is because uh, everybody else keeps bringing me their lines over the years that I no longer know of any other lines but those. So, uh, but of those lines that they give me, I'll always love the, because I do remember this when I was given it, is the, you will give me an egg. Uh, only because it wasn't in the script. Uh, it was, uh, but Liam, Liam O'Brien directed it. Uh, if you throw your critical role fans out there. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, and so he's like, we're at the end of the session. He's like, oh, oh, we got to do these. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, and I, I thought he was fucking with me. He's like, say, you will give me an egg. And I'm like, <laughs> seriously, are we done? He's like, no, no, say the line. I'm like, you will give me an egg. He's like, now I require an egg. And I'm like, oh, fuck off, Liam. He's like, no. <laughs> what are we doing with eggs? I don't understand. So I require an egg. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that went on for like about 10 minutes. It was very funny. Um, oh. He's like, Trust me, it's a thing in the game that it'll make sense. Now that I played it, it still doesn't make sense. What the fuck with the eggs? I don't get it. 
It's just, it's Resident Evil, man, and it can't be explained. The shit they do over there. Uh, Powell, I think that's how you say your name. Question for DC, do you wear shades in real life, lol? <laughs> no, I forget. I do forget to wear my shades when I'm driving or, or what have you, or if I'm out on vacation. No, I love to go to the tropics every year. So, and, but even then, I don't. I forget to bring sunglasses. So, DC, your favorite character you've ever done? Do you oh, have a God, favorite? That's tough. You can't. It's like if we're talking voiceover. If we're talking film and TV, it's like I've done. I played a demon Uber driver on a show called um, <laughs> The Counter. Um, a demon it's, Uber it's, driver. Oh yeah, it's if you go to my website, you can see it in the TV playlist. Um, and, uh, that, that role was fucking fun. One was, I didn't have for it. They, uh, I, this is what, you know what, you know what my career has turned into this famous person dropped out. So we're going to pay, we can save money, but we want to hire you and put you in the role. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> That's what the last couple of roles I've gotten have been. So hey, you're working, you're working, but I'm working. But, uh, <laughs> wait, you know, who I replaced, I replaced Kevin Federline for that. What? Yes. Wow. Maybe I used the word famous a little too loosely. I yeah, I think but, you're, yeah. Maybe 10 years ago. But the only way that you can see the show is you have to download the app um, uh, Pure Flix because it's a Christian uh, Christian answer to Netflix. So it's all Christian-related materials. So essentially, I'm the demon Uber driver, and there's a competing Uber driver who's really Jesus. And a pregnant woman is about to give birth. And the, and the Jesus Uber driver wants her to go into his, his car, but she chooses mine because it's, I get the better car and I know a faster way to get there. But then during the course of the show, I try to talk her into killing her baby. Oh, my God. What is this show? Jesus <laughs> Christ. It was so fun, though. I mean, you know, when you just get to be a badass, and I get to, like, chew, that one I get to chew the scenery at the end. So, uh, But you, you don't need to download the app. You can go to my website and under my TV playlist for on camera. You can see the encounter. What what's a film of yours that I should watch tonight that you're in? What do you recommend? Mm. I would recommend only because it's my latest, even though I look fat in it, but it works for the character. Is um, Aquarium of the Dead? Aquarium uh, of the Dead. Okay. Yes, that is on. Um, it's everywhere but Netflix, I think. So you can find it on Prime. You can find it on YouTube and all those places. Beautiful. Um, I had a fun time. It was fun. It's an asylum movie. It's so stupid. Uh, but the fun thing I is love that of- I love that stuff. Oh, okay, so, then you'll, yeah. you'll enjoy it. The other actor I was working with was really fun, and we got to play off each other. And it, we pretty much rewrote every scene we were in. Um, and so it's what you're. So our dialogue is really fun and crisp. Um, we had to like work in like plot stuff, but other than plot stuff, we created this whole relationship. Because here's the I'll give you a little background on it. This is really quick. But if you when you watch the movie, just know that prior. Uh, so when I got cast. Um, the, the, the script that I had, I was, it was a 21 year old girl that I was taking on a tour. So, um, there were all these sexual innuendos. I was kind of like hitting on her and then it was this thing, but then she becomes a badass woman and she starts protecting me later on in the film. That was what the original script was. Well, I guess they kept recasting about different things. They wanted like a, a different makeup of people. And they decided we have too many women in the show. So they cast a guy instead and, but they didn't change his name. <laughs> so the character's name is Skylar. And so I decided uh, on our first scene where we meet, I'm like going, we got to play with this. So I made this whole thing about his name. Anyway, I won't spoil anymore, but that's where the beginning of our, our relationship starts is because, uh, because he was supposed to be a woman in the original script. And so that's all. Okay. Jokes. I'll know that going in now. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Aquarium of the dead. 
Okay. Everyone watching as well. That's tonight's viewing. Uh, quick experience on Transformers Rescue uh, as Chase. You Just your quick thoughts on your experience on that. You touched on it before, yeah. DC. <laughs> oh, my God. It was my first cartoon where I was a regular. Uh, and so... And they wanted to film, uh, again, old-fashioned-wise, that's Jimmy McSwain again. And so they tried to keep most of the cast together for most of our scenes until it turned out we got a little unruly. Um, but so that's where I met Steve Bloom. I knew of him before. I never met him. Uh, so Steve Bloom and uh, Maurice LaMarche. I also met Amari Williams. That was one of Amari's first gigs. He's like big in, in promos these days. And uh, Shannon McCain, a super talented guy. And then Jason Marsden who is, um, I just think, so fucking talented. He can do, uh, uh, not talented, I mean, yes, he can do lots of voices, but talented in that he can take a line and give you three completely different line readings. Um, and he can keep going if you want. And it's like, and they're all like gold. You can use all of them. Yeah. He's just super talented that way. Oh, and also Parva, uh, uh, Parva Shachina, who's um, hysterical. Who's Parv? Um, so it was really, a, uh, and Lacey Chabert, um, I was a little intimidated because it was Lacey Chabert, uh, but she was turned out to be a sweetheart. She ended up doing, a, a she was so sweet, she uh, did a voice, uh, she and Liam are in a, a, a film short I did uh, with uh, my friend Rachel uh, called, uh, and so we pull it out every Halloween, it's called uh, uh, Ginger and Snapper, which you can find on my website as well. And uh, so she does the voices, uh, she and Liam are voices of that. So I was really, uh, but it was just really, I met really cool, oh, and I met, uh, Mark Hamill because of that. So he, because wow. uh, he played the uncle. So he was there every now and then and like hanging out with Mark Hamill. That man has stories. Um, really? It's like, yeah, it's like a cat that keeps meowing and it doesn't know why, but it just meows. That's Mark Hamill with his stories. He's just like, it's just a story keeps coming out for every little thing that happens. It was like, damn, man, you've got a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. And then also, my childhood idol was Tim Curry. Uh, as an actor, I wanted to be, I wanted to have like Tim Curry's career. I wanted to be Tim Curry. Um, and he was cast as the villain in our show. Um, I met him six months before I started the show at the Arclight. Um, and I got to like do like fanboy uh, and all of that. He was super sweet, um, about all that. And then on the show, we act together in scenes, but we didn't record together. So I didn't get to meet him. That, uh, I didn't get to say, here I am working with Tim Curry. We're going to take that picture. I would have loved to have taken that picture. So. Quickly, also, you worked on, um, it, it says additional voices for Last of Us 1 and 2, yeah? Do you, do you remember, that, well, is that just the enemies or what? That's Liam O'Brien throwing me some rent money. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that, uh, is that like enemies, screams and that sort of thing or what is that? I, I screamed. All I remember is screaming. Uh, there was a car on fire and I screamed a couple times. And then I was, I was a character and when you go to go shopping for something, but then I think they replaced me later because they changed the dialogue. A lot of what happens, especially on a lot of the smaller stuff, because I was in Dragon Age, both of them, and I got replaced in both of them. Because uh, what happens is, is they, as they're developing, they all end up rewriting stuff. And instead of like trying to book the actor, get the time and pay that fee, if you're already in the studio, they can get up to, uh, for you and stuff, they can get like three voices. So they'll just say, well, you do this voice now in this character. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I had a so I was really bummed because I really wanted to be in that in that in that series. So, well, because I, I just I just yeah I just wanted to know like is there do you remember any differences from Last of Us one to two in terms of the setup and the because they're a pretty tight unit over there. 
No, I would have no idea. I no. really. Yeah, sorry about that. I started no, no. last. I haven't got continued on with it yet. It's a pretty phenomenal game. I, uh, yeah, I was a little bent out of shape about the uh, the death at the beginning. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's that is fucked up. So uh, have you? So, um, DC, have you ever played any games besides Resident Evil? Well, like I said, there was a I played a little bit of The Last of Us. Yeah, um, I've played. What's the one that everybody plays? The the big the big one that they keep adding characters to, and it's just basically fighting. And you choose your machine, and you go out and you fight. Uh, sure. uh, out, out, uh, uh, oh, oh, it's the big one. Everybody's in. You hold, must know that. Hold on, hold on. What 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 did you do? What's the? It, it's the big. God damn it! What's the game? Uh, Smash Bros. No, no, no. Before no. then, right big before then. Before then, Overwatch. Before. Overwatch. Yes. So I played Overwatch. I'm horrible at it. Oh, I'm horrible at it. Uh, so I played Overwatch <laughs> and uh, what else? Oh. Well, I, I had a friend, uh, who, she got me into some Steam games and things, and we played uh, Stanley's Par- Parable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't <laughs> know if that's the exact name, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I love that one. That that was just that was just a fun line. Smart. Yeah, very uh, smart. And great, great. That, that actor and the writing was just phenomenal. And that's when I said I wanted to do more um, like Steam games, just because they're so intriguing. The fact that you can really be arty about it. And I finally did get to do one. Um, it's called uh, Audios. It's on Steam, and nice. and it really just plays more like a. It's like a, a one act play or something. Um, but you get to do things in the farm as you listen to the story and the dialogue between these two characters. I'm trying to convince this man not to retire because I'm from the mob, and if he retires, then I have to kill him. And it's a. Uh, it's a really. It's a very. So you learn about why he's retiring and. All of that, and it's just really good, subtle acting uh, through through that. Um, and I know, you know, it's, it's not a bang them up, shoot them up thing, but it's a story that draws you in, and it's character stuff. So and yeah. I thought that was, I like being part of like interesting stuff like that. Yeah, we've got a lot of great questions here, guys. Save them. We're going to do this again, DC, at some point when those. Uh, <laughs> I, I never shut up. I know when those <laughs> when those big uh, when those big games and stuff that you're in, we'll have to get you back on the show if you're absolutely. If yeah, you I'd love to. Did you have a good time, mate? Of course, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there any? Is there any upcoming projects you can tell us about? Um, well, like I said, so you've got Aquarium of Dead that you can uh, watch now. That's um, yep. out there, and uh, I'm in a Lifetime movie, but you know, don't bother. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> there's, but if any games that are coming out, oh wait, cartoons. Oh, well, the anime, uh, so uh, Welcome to uh, Demon School or Ar- Rumakun. That is airing right now, so you can watch that. Um, also, you can see me as Batuta in that How Not to Summon a Demon board. Uh, yep. And um, and then there is, well, there's a, yeah, that one's not coming out for a while. There's a there's a movie called Santa Man that'll be coming out. Uh, they, they're just Santa going Man? <laughs> yeah, it's a Christmas movie, and I, I play Santa. But it's Santa who becomes a badass. It's really fun. And it's uh, that that film's going to Cannes right now, um, nice. and uh, yeah, pretty much the other films. Uh, yeah, the other film is not coming out for a while, so I can't really announce anything about she, that. You're working and on a lot of films. The, Don't well, forget yeah, about video but, games, please. 
I changed. Uh, no, no, no. Don't worry. It's a voiceover is where I'll be making my my rent money for the most part. Uh, but the uh, no, I changed. I changed the way that I approached my own camera career. I decided I wanted to just be. I this is way I look right now. This is who I've always been. But I had this thing in my head that I needed to be the package that people would cast the most. So I I was the clean shaven, short haired, white lawyer, cop, uh, doctor, um, and then later Disney dad. And after a while, when I you know this about four four years ago, whatever I realized, it's like this is it. Like you're not. I'm not going to get a big break. I'm never going to be the main lead of anything. And do I want to continue doing these roles? And I'm like, I'm kind of bored by them. I make more money doing voiceover. Um, I don't need to. But I, and also as a you know when you're 19, it's like I'm on TV, mom. I'm on TV, dad. You know, I'm now. Flash forward 35 years, my dad's passed away. He was more than proud of me. My mom is like, she's giving shit watching TV, and it's like, so who am I doing it for? You know, it's like, a, it's for me. I don't need to do these TV shows, these especially these these procedurals that are so boring. But the most fun I've ever had are doing these whack ass indie films that don't pay as much, but I get these great characters. Uh, Apocalypse Kiss, you can find that online. I play a serial killer in the future. Um, and I had a blast playing that role. I play a, a, a schlocky uh, B-movie uh, host on public access in this film called KILD TV, Killed TV. And you find that, I think, online somewhere. And like, I had a blast, and I, I filmed for a month in, in Houston doing that. Um, so like all these little weird things, those I enjoyed. And so I, I, I got rid of my agent and manager, got another agent, I said, I want to do just these weird stuff. And she's like, well, if we're going to do that, why don't you grow your hair a little bit? Because you look very actory. And I'm like, oh, I can grow my hair. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to grow up, but it's going to be a little longer than you expect. And, and then I got new pictures. And at the end of last year, December, all of a sudden, boom, I just started booking stuff with this new look. And I'm wow. like, this is it. That's you know, cool. If I don't work, I don't work. And I don't care because I'm still happy being, finally being me. So, yeah, it's That's been an great, interesting there's something beautiful about getting into your 40s and 50s. I'll tell you that much. When you finally shake off all the, the well, you the just bullshit. don't you don't you don't care as much. Like you just want to be you and just enjoy life, eh? It's easier to get rid of like the the worrying about, and this is a huge thing. It's always recurring. It's still obviously I still have to battle the shit of, in my own self, my own self about worrying about what other people think of you. Yeah, um, but today, I mean, you're born alone, you die alone. It, it's it's a waste of time to worry about the people you'll never meet. It's, it's like, what's the point of that? Um, and that's why I think social media can be very unhealthy. Uh, but taking a step back and being more Zen about it and just being in the moment, which is also something that happens as you get older, you're like, well, I'm going to be dying in about 30 years if I'm lucky, um, <laughs> 30 or 40 years. Uh, so I might as well enjoy these moments a lot more um, and stop worrying about this other shit. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, man, to have you on for the last uh, okay. 80 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we went a little long, didn't we? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I hope you, I hope you didn't mind. No, not at all. This was great. I appreciate it. It's your favorite interview you've done, yeah? Can we just get that on record? Yes. This was my favorite interview. <laughs> you fucking Australians. Jesus. So needy. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So make sure you follow DC guys on uh, Instagram and YouTube. Any others? You on Cameo? Uh, I am on Cameo, but you can get it cheaper if you go to my website. Uh, there's a, I have a store. Just click on the store button, and there's a whole bunch of autographs, audio, script stuff, and also video shout-outs, all of that stuff. Yeah. 
Beautiful. All right, DC, well, I'll let you go. But again, thanks so much for coming on and uh, I look forward to doing it again, mate. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And big hugs to everybody. Before I let you go, is there? can we get um, Wesker to say something to Dan quickly? What's what's the name of your show again? What Dan is- Allen Gaming. Hmm. Ooh, shh, shh. You're watching Dan Allen Gaming, and you're going to regret it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, man. Take care. Have a good uh, night. Cool, you too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.